and welcome back to Talk Talk. I'm your host, Emily Osan. Oh, I'm excited. So I'm here today with Dr. Rachel Ozer, um, who is uh, has a background in science and educational research. And we are here to talk about, does some knowledge belong only to particular communities of knowers? And I'm really excited. We've already been talking yes. for <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes, and we've already talked about so much. So I just started. What attracted you to this question? Why did you decide to join me for this? Well, I think what attracted me to this question was I don't have an answer. So it's just oh. something I wanted to delve into yeah. further. Um, you know, I feel like I can really argue both sides equally. Yeah. And I would just like to explore the topic. Um, and I just feel like throughout history, this has come up again and again and is often the basis for what might end up seeming like or justifying certain Mm -hmm. causes or perhaps racism or whatever. I just feel like it underlies a lot of events. Well, then let's unpack this a little bit. So the question is asking, um, does some knowledge belong to a particular community? And I like this word, like, belong. And I kind of wonder, I I, I thought about, like, what does that mean for knowledge to belong? Like, is it proprietary in the sense that they own it? And like, if you want to also know it, you need to pay in some way in order to also know it. Or is it that like, not proprietary, but in a sense that it can only be known by people within that community? Or is it that like, if I'm not inside that knowledge community, I can know about it, but my level of knowing will never be as great as someone within that community. Yeah. And I wonder... Well, I also think, and I should say, um, back up as well, What mm. the other point that attracted me to this question was the whole movement within academia of open access. Yes. Right? Because I feel like this this is what Belonging underlies and it. and accessing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, I think there is, I think the word belong, or some people might feel that knowledge might belong to communities who acquire, right? Mm. So the ones who work hard to pursue that knowledge, well, then the knowledge maybe belongs to them, yeah. right? As opposed to, I feel like this is a little bit of the open access mm. argument, whereas other people might look at it and say, no, you know, you can pursue knowledge, you can acquire the knowledge, mm. and then you can, the point of it is to pass it on or to share it, mm. right? And I think that's where sometimes the argument comes down to, at least in the world of academia, mm. right? What, what is the purpose of yeah. pursuing knowledge? Mm. I initially thought about like indigenous communities around the world. I also thought about religion um, because I feel like in many ways, it reminded me actually of a trip when I went to um, I went to Australia and I got to visit the Sydney Museum. I can't remember which <laughs> museum. They had what I thought was just these beautiful paintings of dots and they were like so colorful and I initially responded by like, oh, how abstract and lovely and, you know, contemporary and tra- like cool. And then as I read about it, I found out that they were made by big groups of Aboriginal tribes who... Um, the the knowledge of the land contributed to the development of those paintings so that they were essentially creating these paintings by dotting uh, from like an aerial view of the landscape around them. So like blue clustered together might mean a particular type of water, whereas like another shade of blue might like be a different kind. Of, yeah, it was like a map. <clears throat> and not only that, but only those that were within that tribe mm-hmm. were allowed mm. to paint that painting so the knowledge of how to 
and the painting itself, the making of the painting itself, belong to that particular community. Well, is that not also like cartographers? Yeah. Right? The fact that, you know, there was this whole art to drawing up maps, Mm. and then they got to sort of draw it up the way they wanted to, or, you know, draw the borders where they wanted to. Oh, that's true. That's a different kind of ownership, though, isn't it? Like, that's owning how it, the, the, the knowledge is interpreted, whereas what I'm talking about was really unique to me, this <laughs> idea that only certain people were allowed by right of their tribe and their mm. insideness of that community to paint that painting. And if I were to come along and be like, oh, that's so pretty, I want to do that too, and I try to copy it, I'm actually breaking, not a law, but like um, a bond of sorts yeah. or like a, a, some kind of trust um, I guess and I just wonder is that not similar if we can try to compare it to something from the modern world is that not similar to somebody walking into a conference yeah. of, you know of experts uh-huh. or academics who have certain degrees so yep. they have the permission to discuss this topic mm. and for somebody who might not know to come in and make a comment or ask oh. questions right yeah. are they also not allowed to yeah. join this you know group of experts yeah. right, in constructing this knowledge. Yeah. I was also thinking you were going to go <laughs> with, like, if they walk in and they take new ideas away from that conference mm-hmm. and they publish them as their own mm. without attributing. So there's, like, a copyright kind of infringement. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, essentially it is this idea of copyright as well. Yeah. I think that, you know, maybe psychologically, if knowledge or if people didn't perceive that knowledge belonged mm. right to certain groups or people or whatever that um it might be hard for that pursuit of knowledge to continue yeah i think that sometimes that sort of selfish yeah um, desire mm. right is what what is this sort of a capitalist view right but that selfish desire is what helps to promote further pursuit of knowledge mm-hmm. um <laughs> and you know perhaps it's I've done all this work I've researched mm. right I've written this up I've documented it yeah. I've shared I get to set the parameters of how it's shared right mm. now I'm playing devil's advocate as you know yeah, as no, no, well, I, right? I, hear but, you. Um, I think that's one question mm. and I think this question can also go in a few directions and I'm curious what you think about this and it might relate back to the example okay. of let's say yeah, a non-expert walking into a conference but um, perhaps, and, and I think this often exists in like academies of higher knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where they'll say, you can't join our community of knowers, right? Or this knowledge belongs to us because you haven't done such and such, right? Mm-hmm. So you haven't learned the fundamentals, you haven't gone through whatever, right? Yeah. And then the whole knowledge is power, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is... <coughs> You know, I think in a naive way, you can say, yes, there's some kind of progression of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to learn the ABCs before you can put, you know, this yeah. together, right? So requiring um, or not allowing people mm-hmm. into a community of knowers because they don't yet have yeah. the fundamentals of that knowledge yeah. is like a prerequisite, right? Yeah, which in some ways makes <laughs> some sense. Yeah. You, you need to have the ABCs before you yeah. can put words together. But yeah. But yeah, it's almost like gatekeeping as well. Like, here's the edge. Sorry, you're not allowed in. Mm-hmm. Um, gated communities of knowledge, in, in a sense, like in, in higher level academia as well. 
Yeah, and, and I think if you look historically, mm. also that might have sometimes been, because of the idea of knowledge as power, might yeah. have sometimes been an excuse, Yeah. right? So, for example, they might have kept the population illiterate because, yes. well, you can't read, so therefore, of course, you can't join this community of scholars. Yeah, it makes me think a lot about, like, um, women in science, for one, or women just in general in any mm-hmm. kind of higher-level education kept out or um, entire, like, populations like in the U.S. not letting like blacks go to school, same schools, um, that kind of segregation, all of that for that reason of power. So in a sense, like does it? Yes. And if if it's kept, but it's not that it actually innately belongs. It's that it's guarded. Right. Right. So I kind of feel like, I don't know, does some knowledge? Yes, it does, because we Mm -hmm. keep it. You do say some. Yeah. Knowledge is power. So some things might be too powerful for everyone to know right and i think you see that in many different fields Mm. right you can't you can't access certain levels if you haven't had the background i was also thinking about like how some knowledge in others you know other people's hands might become dangerous right given given depending on what it is so in okay we have so many answers like yes it does some knowledge does only belong mainly because of like um, it's being kept from other communities for a reason, uh, whether it be for one's own gain or for safety of others. Um, we also have this answer like, yes, because we need, in our Western uh, like capitalist society, we need to make money. And so if I just give my knowledge away for free, I then don't earn anything off of my hard work. Right. And I don't then have the, the incentive. incentives. <coughs> but then... Thinking about it more, I was thinking more like holistically mm-hmm. in the sense of like, is there like in the nature of knowledge, some knowledge, is there something that you can only know it, that sense of belonging because you know it, because you're on the inside. I was wondering like in is the sense. Is that knowledge or is that experience? Well, I was thinking in a sense like religious knowledge mm-hmm. might fall into that okay. area. Um, like I, I not being a religious person may not ever be able to know something where someone who is religious could know. Yeah. And it's not to say that the knowledge is either true or false, right? That's not the question. Like, if you know it because you're religion, it, it's inaccessible to me because I'm outside of that yeah. framework. And sometimes, and I'll, I'll speak from my perspective as a religious person. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sometimes it can be uncomfortable to share. Sometimes it's nice because you want to explain to people why you're doing something that might seem strange or why you can't right. do something at a certain time. On the other hand, sometimes there's so much if you grow up with certain practices as a religious yes. person, right? It's kind of like brushing your teeth and putting yeah. on your shoes. And it's part of start, your lens. Right. It's and just yeah. your framework of yes. looking at the world. Yes, and part of your daily living experience, mm. right? So sometimes when you start to explain, so, yeah, I don't know, somebody might say, you know, why are you, for example, tying your right shoe before your left shoe, you know, and you don't stop to think, wait a second, you know. Um, yeah. I think even in religious practice and experience, this is why I'm also differentiating between experience and knowledge, mm. right? Right. So I think that someone, for example, who grew up in a particular, and it could be religion or culture, mm-hmm. I think with certain practices, yep. and they've experienced it, but haven't studied it, yeah. didn't learn about it, don't know the 
necessarily the reasons for it, mm-hmm. right? That, I think, that type of knowledge, if you want to call it knowledge, mm-hmm. is perhaps the hardest to access mm-hmm. for an outsider because um, it's not easily explained, yeah. right? Or the person who's experiencing it, it's almost innate to them, mm-hmm. right? And when they start to explain, it might actually bring up questions of, oh, maybe this seems a bit strange, right? Yeah. And then maybe causes them to go and research and, you know, sort of propels the pursuit of knowledge. Um, but that's why I think sometimes it's hard for people who are not experiencing that mm-hmm. to access that particular knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they can read about it. I think they can interview. Yeah. I think, but the only way to really access it is yeah. to live it. Yeah. Right. So in that sense, I think that's a really nice answer. That yeah, some knowledge. And, I, and if I kind of go back a little, because you kind of went, you differentiated between knowledge and experience, and yeah. I think. <coughs> That's not a real necessary differentiation. I mean, uh, a knowledge, you, you can have knowledge through experience. Perhaps like in the Catholic religion, they have mm-hmm. like communion. Mm-hmm. So I can know about that. I watched my cousins, mm-hmm. I went to church and mm-hmm. watched them take communion. And I can know what the practice is. I know mm-hmm. what it looks like when they walk down the aisle, what it feels like when I'm watching them take the little mm-hmm. like little piece of bread and they're eating it and they're taking the wine and they're drinking it and then they go and they do the things and they sit back down and it goes on and on like this for like an hour while you're waiting for the... Not really. <laughs> I've not was, watched one It was myself, really only about yes. 10 minutes. But, okay. And I also know... I get that, but I'm not Catholic. So I was not taking part in this kind of r- ritual. So I don't really know from the inside what that must feel like or the value of doing that I'm not sure I can know that but without I, the belief first I, yeah so I, I don't think I can know without actually being Catholic taking the steps to adopt that framework and perspective I can know all about it but I don't know in the same sense of like what what do I get out of it what's the point I can know what they yeah. think is the point but in the same sense as like I can know about how to fly a plane, mm-hmm. but without actually yeah, yeah. going and flying the plane, I don't know how to fly a plane in that way. I still think it's experience. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back mm. to that just because, um, I mean, I can't speak for Catholics, but if you, mm. you want to just continue with that example, does the person them, themselves who's taking communion, do they know all the reasons for what they're but doing. But see, it's a different type they of knowledge. Know, but that's why I think it's experience. So, But that is also a form of knowledge. Knowledge gained through experience is still knowledge, whether you're cognizant of it or not. But that's not knowledge. I, I still think that's more, that's sensation, it's experience, it's inspiration, perhaps. But I don't think it involves the construction of thoughts in like the rational way right which is what i would well, think rational of as way isn't the only way of having knowledge no no but it is to know something is well i guess you can go back to the biblical sense of knowing that's definitely an experience but but knowing i think is more about I would think of it as a bit more factual building right or fact building mm. whereas i think experiencing something is I wouldn't call it knowledge. It's part of construction. Where well, we, when, when we talk yeah. about knowledge in basic sense in yeah. COK, we're really just talking about like what we, um, what we believe to be true, and we have some reason for it. Okay. Now, 
whether it's justified in this in a, in a factual sense or justified through experience either way if i believe that by taking this bread and eating it i have taken in a symbolic piece of christ and therefore i've like enhanced my okay connection. so is everybody aware of that when they're doing that so experience? what you're saying is yeah you're actually arguing that you need to have an awareness for it to be knowledge right and I would argue that lots of people know things without being aware of what they know. Right. I, I'll use like an example <laughs> from my own practice or religion. I'm just thinking like there are religious people in my community who mm. will go through the motions of certain practices mm. because mm. that's the way they were brought up. Mm. Um, and they can be very religious, um, but they don't know in the sense of what's the purpose for that particular practice. They don't know why they're doing it. Um, they might know the technicalities around it, like but, when should they do it and how should they do but it. But they still do it and they still believe in it and they still believe it has some root purpose for them. So whether they know where it comes from, they don't need I'm it. I'm not even sure. This is an interesting thing. Purpose. So I like this. I like yeah. this. I'm really <laughs> Sorry, this is a different direction. No, than you it's not. To go. It's mm -hmm. not. It's actually, it's in the question. Like, okay. does some knowledge belong? So you're actually arguing that in order for you to have knowledge at all, you have to be aware of what it's for and why. And, and I would argue that that's not always the case. I mean, I think that you're not right and I'm not right. It's a, it's a question about the nature of knowledge itself. Yeah, I was going to say it's the semantics and of the word knowledge. It's not. It's yeah. not just the semantics. Yeah. It's the nature of what okay. it means to know. Okay. And do you have to be aware of it mm -hmm. to have it be known? Do you have to know... Like, let's think. Let's see if we can think. Of Be an able example. to explain to somebody else. Yeah, I, I mean, because that's what I think this question is about, right? It's about sort of the sharing of knowledge. If you cannot explain to somebody else mm. why or what you're doing or whatever, I don't think that you have knowledge. I really love that we ended up with this question about like the nature of knowledge, and I'm gonna think on it. I, I think this question about, like, does a person... I think it... The reason I disagree with it mm -hmm. is that it requires... It means that, like, until you get to a certain stage, you have no knowledge. Because certain people, particularly young ones, are not going to be I aware guess that's where you would of differentiate, what they know. Right. Procedural knowledge. Yeah, of course there's right, all these different versus, types, okay. right? There's... If you Google, you can come up with lists of, like, yeah, yeah. okay, 14 different types of knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge gained through experience is knowledge nonetheless. And knowledge, like, by uh, practice or yeah. so on, it, it's, it's knowledge nonetheless. It may not be in the same category or for the same function as, like, procedural knowledge or scientific yeah. knowledge or okay. uh, rational knowledge or yeah. knowledge that is shared amongst communities yeah. and we try it and it's tested and it's yeah. true. And but I guess I would say if, if you're following that definition of knowledge, then I would say, yes, it's not going to be – that sort of knowledge might not be accessible to people others yeah because certain experiential knowledge yeah certainly. i think the only knowledge that can be shared is mm. the knowledge that contains awareness yeah. because you can't share an oh. experience right yeah i mean there's certainly <clears throat> personal things that i know and i will not share right mm -hmm. and you know and that yeah. you, in your own life that that you know and you've experienced that um maybe cannot be put into words i think this question of, well, I think the word some, which I'm just realizing now, yeah, <laughs> is yeah, a pretty yeah. important word. Yeah. Um, because if it was, does knowledge, All knowledge belong, right? Yeah. Right? Only to, or just 
every community has particular aspects of knowledge and if you added that up yeah. that's all the knowledge right so yeah. knowledge doesn't belong to some particular community it's a completely different question than some if it's some i would say yes because one whether it's through intentional mm. non-sharing mm -hmm. right they want to control the knowledge yep. right through their power for whatever, right, reason. for whatever reason or whether it's not intentional they're just not able to share because they don't have the language or the shared practice or whatever it is yeah. right then definitely yes some knowledge is yeah. going to belong to only particular communities of knowers yeah but i, I think don't think ideally it should I, well <laughs> But I also think, like, going back to the Aboriginal example, yeah. and maybe just wrapping up a little yeah. bit, like, I think there is a, a respectfulness of allowing some knowledge to belong only to particular communities. Like, it's okay. I can know about it, yeah. but I cannot know of it, like, from the inside. Yeah. And that's okay. I have to recognize my limitations within my humility. own... Humility. Yeah, humility. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank okay. you so much for your time. <laughs> it was a really fun conversation. I love it. Thank you for oh, arguing sorry, with I me about like knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I great. might have no idea what I'm talking about. No. I think great. it also comes from my own studies of like, you know, in mystical Judaism, there are all these, like, there are 10 different levels of knowledge. And so oh. this word I'm using is like a certain Hebrew word that does mean, you know, whereas like there's knowledge, there's understanding, there's like, I mean, it's, it's quite complicated, so I'm definitely coming from I'm that I'm going to have lens. to get you back and talk to me more about just that at some point. I'll share a diagram with okay. you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. Where am I, Daddy? Stay away from Julie. I knew that you were everything to me.